What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast. President Biden's first State of the Union address, war in Europe and inflation here at home. Our Squawk gang, Joe, Becky and Andrew react to him and each other. You didn't say anything about not spending more. You're still talking about spending more. What would have you said? Honestly, I'd like to see regulatory lift and say we're going to drill here at home. We're going to drill here at home. And a pandemic portfolio check with two master investors, Ariel's Melody Hobson. Travel and leisure from airlines to hotels to to casinos. There was there was a lot of enthusiasm for that space. And Bill Miller of Miller Value Partners. If you look out to the five-year inflation expectations, it's it's high, but that's that's not high historically. That's about in line with historical inflation going back to the 19, the 1920s. Plus, Elon Musk left out of Biden's speech. He's crazy, but there's no way to not cherish Elon Musk and what he's done in this country. There's just no way. It is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. We start the podcast with the latest in Ukraine. The capital city, Kyiv, is bracing for a Russian assault. A 40-mile-long convoy of Russian vehicles continues to advance toward the city, although reports say it has been slowed by problems such as lack of gasoline, food, and even hesitancy by Russian soldiers. The economic response against Russian President Vladimir Putin is ramping up as well. Boeing has suspended major operations in Russia, as well as support for the country's airlines, including parts, maintenance and technical support services. Boeing joins Apple, Ford, Dell, ExxonMobil and others in pulling goods and services from Russia. And in last night's State of the Union address. Madam Speaker, the President of the United States. President Biden's first in office. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The crisis in Ukraine took top billing. Six days ago, Russia's Vladimir Putin sought to shake the very foundations of the free world. The president praised the Ukrainian people as well as NATO and its allies, and he announced further economic measures against Russian companies. I'm announcing that we will join our allies in closing off American airspace to all Russian flights, further isolating Russia and adding additional squeeze on their economy. He has no idea what's coming. We'll pick things up here with the Squawk Box team, Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Andrew's up first. So the screws are uh, being tightened to some degree. On the Russia, mar- the market's point. tightening the Russian oil. And, and, and we are, it's interesting that it's a real bipartisan move. Did you see from, from the right all the way to the far left in terms of demanding that Ed Markey is doing it for climate purposes, but uh, it goes from Republicans Rhinos, Mansion, Bernie Sanders. Niddle, Did you see what he all the way right. He wants to cut off Russia oil too. Yeah, right? He talked about the oligarchs. He talked about how far he'd like to see this going, and just but it's happening. The, yeah, it's happening already. Though I, Russia can't 
give it away at this point. Although, as the journal points out, the, the same amount was exported yesterday as the Thursday before the invasion. But a lot of it is the people that, that, that got it and now are trying to unload it. But it's like you get an $18 discount. Uh, on Russian oil, it's it's it's, it's a it's a, a it's a problem. No it's one a wants it. Boycott. This is a situation. Self boycott because you don't because right. you could be in trouble down the road if you do it now because you don't know what. Well, what and, and just uh, it's looking at this, and nobody wanted to be in business with the Russians. I've been uh, incredibly impressed by what you've yeah. seen, not just corporate America, but corporations across the West that have pulled back and said, this is this may be painful. It may be three percent of our of our base. It may be more than that. But, but and they're willing to step but out. But don't you think that most of the business? I mean, it, it seems almost symbolic. For the, for the list of companies that we just listed, it, you know, ninety percent really. of those companies, it's a symbolic right. issue. I would think in the I think it's more the oil and gas situation, it's, it's different. Exxon, and I yeah. think Steve, Steve Leesman made the very but then Steve Leesman made the very smart point yesterday, which is you are to some degree selling. You may be turn out to be selling your stakes in equity back for a song. To Maybe Russia. Just walking away. It's going to be expensive to get out. Yeah, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be expensive for it's those companies to get out of that. No, but it's not, just, it's not just expensive to the companies. The yeah. question is whether it's a gift in a strange and ironic way back to, back to Russia. Now, right. the question is whether you think that those equity stakes also came with expertise, which is to say that if you believe that these Western oil companies were providing engineering and expertise that the Russians didn't have, and now we're pulling that back, and that that actually has value beyond the equity, mm-hmm. that's a different story. Right. I, I thought it was symbolic to, to close, yeah, okay, we're closing our airspace to Russia. When we close the Ukrainian airspace to Russia, which I'm not suggesting that we do, because Rubio made some good points about that. They're two nuclear powers. The two reasons why Putin thinks he can get away with this Number one is oil and gas, and number two is nuclear weapons. We've got to take one of those two away. Every single thing that you, you can't have a dogfight over with a MiG and a, and a U.S. Plane, uh, fighter jet right. over Ukraine, and one of them gets shot down, that's it's really, really unbelievable that, uh, that we're even talking about these things. But I don't know about closing our airspace. That seems symbolic. I don't know. That's turning the screws. Is anyone from Russia coming here now? I wouldn't suggest. I, I did see a flight that, that left from Russia yesterday and made its way down to Cancun and the way that it had to go because of all the closed airspaces around. Down to Cancun. Those yeah. oligarchs, I'll tell you. Turning uh, now to some of the other notable topics in last night's uh, State of the Union, President Biden tackled one of the biggest problems on the minds of many Americans, inflation. With all the bright spots in our economy, record job growth, higher wages, too many families are struggling to keep up with their bills. Inflation is robbing them of gains they thought otherwise they would be able to feel. I get it. That's why my top priority is getting prices under control. One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poorer. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your cost, not your wages. The, uh, I don't know, a lot of, di- there some, if, in certain circles, there was some disappointment about what wasn't said, um, I guess, yesterday. I'm, I'm referencing the, the lead editorial in the journal. I watched some of it last night. I watched some of it this morning. Um, the Ukrainian stuff was, I, I thought, um, I, I, felt, I felt strong. And, and, but the journal does point out that Self-congratulations about how we've done it. I mean, telling everyone what's going to happen is one thing. Taking credit for Europe being together is another thing. Because you remember when we had someone on and I said, 
who was it that, uh, that was claiming Bill it? Bill Daly. Bill Daly. Yeah, it's the Ukrainian people that, that have given us a lot of unity in, in Europe. The president has done what many people never thought was going to be able to be accomplished and surely was not tried over the last number of years. And that is bringing Europe together from Sweden to Germany, France, uh, Hungary now, along with the United States and the president's leadership in that. A few years ago, one wouldn't think that this was possible to bring Europe together under the U.S.'s leadership once again. I just think a lot of people would say that, that Putin and Ukraine uh, brought Europe together. Certainly, just warning someone that it's coming uh, okay. Although there, there, there's, there's a I don't know what anyone else could have done. I'm not saying anyone else could have done that this was coming yeah. and having our intelligence, making sure they were on right. top of that, has allowed Zelensky and the Ukrainians to prepare for this better. And it's part of the reason that, that Putin was caught so off guard by the response. And, and that's been warming. And, you know, what, did you, what did you make of the, I mean, I'm very curious. What did you actually make of the economic part of this? I mean, 50 percent, 70 percent of the... The speech actually, I think, was probably about the economy. Because it was written before. Because it was written Ukraine. before in part, but it was also about, you know, what he's trying to do for jobs and trying to deal with inflation. It's also the number one issue on Americans' minds right now. So it's something but, that needs to be but addressed. But the truth is, that I, you know, the person I've been watching on this is David Axelrod, and he was not impressed in the end. And, and one of the things that he, I think he's, he's said repeatedly over and over again is that you actually have to, the only thing you can do is be remarkably humble given the inflation story, and that you can't actually sit and list all of your accomplishments when the accomplishments measured that's against a, But that's approaching, it from David, really that's approaching it from David Axelrod's side. If you approach it from the other side, someone that, that advises Republicans, they'd say, we didn't hear anything, that Olaf in, in Germany totally almost threw out the playbook and, and, and headed down a new road because that's what necessary right, is necessary. Right. We heard about antitrust enforcement for, for, for to, the, the, and, we, and we heard about that. We, we heard that, that price controls for drug. No, thank you for, for the vaccine. Right. But I, the drug companies I, need to have I, price controls. I, for, I just said I just said to you. No, no, no. But but that's the economic argument was a, not persuasive. Right. The question but, is, but the critique is from the left. My critique would be from the right that you've engendered some of the inflation. You didn't say anything about not spending more. You're still talking what, about spending so what more. Would, but what have you said? Honestly, what what what? What do you think that you, what do you think the president can do? I think I would have immediately said I, I think I would have taken the mansion tack probably. He's a he's a Democrat. And, and, and said what? And said, we're definitely not going to propose any more spending. And we're you getting, think that that, and that unto itself would have won? I think that, that would, would have changed the narrative how? I don't know whether just expressing empathy from, from the president is going to have people at home say, OK, I feel better now about $8 gas if it ever gets there. I think you need. And, and but I, I don't think there's a spending. I don't think, I think I would have also said that's uh, actually happening anyway. Okay, so not, I, I think I would have walked back all of the regulations that you deny that the administration has even. The administration, Ed Markey, wants to so cut off Russian. You want him to take responsibility for it. What? You want him to take responsibility for yeah, it. No, I don't want him to take responsibility. I want him to, to actually do things that no, no, will ease up I, the. I'm asking, the, what would you. I'm asking, I'd like the, to see regulatory lift and say we, we're going to drill here at home. We're going to drill here at home. We're going to. Any of. Did you read the journals, Leah? It's exactly I, how I, I read the journal every morning. You didn't read the Alita tour yes, of the day? Yes, I saw what they wrote. Okay, so he's still held hostage by the climate left, is what the journal characterized that. And you're not going to free up 
more and more hydrocarbons because they don't want to free up hydrocarbons. They want to make them more expensive to transition. That's why Ed Markey wants to cut off Russian oil. That's why he's aligned with the far right on cutting off Russian oil. To that point, can I just show this next clip because this ties into what we're talking about. As we mentioned, crude prices climbing to their highest level in more than a decade overnight. They topped $110 a barrel at one point during the session overnight. Of course, this move comes ahead of an OPEC meeting today to talk about April's output for OPEC+. Plus. OPEC plus being OPEC plus Russia. Crude prices jumped sharply after Russia began its invasion of Ukraine. President Biden addressed those high prices of crude in last night's State of the Union. I'm taking robust action to make sure the pain of our sanctions is targeted at Russian economy and that we use every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses and consumers. Tonight, I can announce the United States has worked with 30 other countries to release 60 million barrels of oil from reserves around the world. America will lead that effort. The United States will account for half of the release of oil reserves by IEA member states. But to put this in context a little bit, 60 million barrels maybe gets you a month's worth of supply if the Russian oil supply is cut by about a third. And by the way, we are still releasing oil from the SPR that the president announced back when oil was at $78 a barrel. And that obviously hasn't made a huge difference with WTO all the way up at 108. It's weird in the past whenever we release it, the price of oil always goes up the next day for some reason when we release. But but it's barely going to cover the the shortfall from Russia. Russia's a big producer. It was bizarre also in the reading just below the lead editorial is is a sort of a summary of of Germany's last five years and what's happened in terms of natural gas, where the production of natural gas has gone like this and their import has absolutely yes. gone like that. And they have plenty of, of uh, the, the same thing, horizontal drilling, fracking that we've done here. They've got all kinds of deposits over there that they've, they haven't done, they haven't used. We've offered to, to develop it for them, American companies. They didn't do it. They didn't do it and they, they put their fate in the hands of, of Vladimir Putin. And I think that's part of, of what we're talking about here. But, but they seem to be more, I don't know, they seem to, well, to be look, cutting off their own nose despite the face more than we're willing to right now. Yeah. I mean, this is a situation where they know they are so reliant on it. They know that this is moving in and they've, they've, they've been wakened. People were saying, don't wake the sleeping bear that is the Russians. I think you've awoken the Germans to the situation that they've been put in and they are responding very quickly. It, it, I, I do get a, a little emotional thing about Ukraine. 30 years they've had everything that the West offers that they didn't have before. During, during necessarily, All and it's precious, and it's really precious. But it's really precious what they, the, the freedom that, that they had, and it's it's going away. Yep. Biden also didn't say that, you know, as pointed out once again, we didn't say anything about that this will not stand. If if you do finally take over Ukraine and replace the government and do everything else, we're not going to we're not going to let that stand. I don't, I'm not saying militarily. But we're not going to but accept how, it. I don't know. How, I don't know how you, 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 you need to just isolate I, them. I, I thought for, there was a lot of, as you would say, sophistry in that op-ed this morning. Because what, 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 what's well, the no, one thing? Like, what's, okay. what, what's a fallacious claim in the, in the well, op-ed? Well, no, the claim, the, I was just trying to grab the paper. The yeah. claim is that effectively you need to say that this will not stand. Okay, well then, 
You effectively are saying I'm going to war. No, over this no, 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 no. I don't do think so. I, I, think I don't it, know I think how you. I don't know how it is. It is. So it's sort of like high and alert. I, right I get it. They, you know, they make a laundry right, list right. of their critiques of what what was said last night, and that's what they do. And right. honestly, I'd rather see the implementation of these sanctions and some tough stances taken on this. Right. Like, and, don't and don't then, talk about talk. And talk, then just do this was not Harry Truman at the dawn of the Cold War, calling the world to meet a new danger. We didn't hear was a vow that Russia will not be allowed to conquer and hold Ukraine. So you're saying that, that you would have to threaten military action. I don't know how else yeah. you say that aloud. Because we isolate. We're doing what we and do I now. Think, I mean, I would put all of the other rhetorical flourishes in the context of that. Of course, that's what he's, he's saying. He's not going to, you know, not going to stand to the... I, I don't know. I, 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 I saw that. I, well, think he's, I think he's but, taking a very But we did stance. let... Uh, we totally let Georgia and Crimea... That we have... Yes. You know, we did. Totally. And we're friends. And, and, and the difference is you, the Ukrainians stood up and said no and embarrassed No, but after, the we did, after they did it, we don't care anymore either. The West doesn't care about, about Georgia or I, Crimea. We no, can't let that happen. We didn't, hear that, that, we didn't hear him say this is not going to be like Crimea and, and Georgia. No, let's hope that's the case. Tease next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, inflation leisure stocks and portfolio management with two influential investors noted value hunter bill miller i think inflation expectations are what we need to keep our focus on and not headline inflation and aerial investments melody hobson i don't want to overstate anything but certainly i think they were seeing opportunity in this market they see value where others see uh problems hi i'm ben rizzuto wealth strategist at janice henderson investors is a brighter future possible at janice henderson we think it is For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome back. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Yesterday, Ariel Investments held its third gathering of top value investors. The event focused on the challenges of trying to manage portfolios in what we have seen to be a very volatile market. Collectively, the participants at the events manage more than $350 billion in assets. Joining us right now in a Squawk Box exclusive interview is Melody Hobson. She is the co-CEO and president of Aerial Investments. And by the way, she moderated yesterday's panel discussion. And we also have one of the veteran value investors, Bill Miller. He's the chairman and chief investment officer of Miller, Miller Value Partners. And uh, folks, welcome to both of you. It's really good to see you guys. Um, Melody, I want to start off. I know this had to be front and center for you all yesterday. What, what's happening with inflation right now and how we expect the Fed to react, especially with the additional growth in inflation and inflationary pressures coming from uh, the Ukraine invasion. Um, what do people think right now? How, how did these investors get their heads around this? 
We had seven great investors on the phone, all on the Zoom, all value investors, all very well known for what they do. And they had one belief in common, which was that the Fed would be very, very hawkish this year. I was really surprised by how how aggressive between the group they expected somewhere between four and six rate hikes this year alone. And they thought that the Fed would was their hand was forced, that they were going to have to move in order to get uh, inflation in hand. Hey, hey, but let's let's talk about that, because um, this, this is the biggest question the markets are kind of grappling with right now. Do you think the Fed is going to take a more aggressive stance because of what's just happened with Ukraine? Are they more worried about the economy at this point or do they really have to keep a laser focus on inflation and make sure that they are incredibly aggressive? I, I think they are what they say they are, which is data dependent. So I, I think that they clearly know that they're behind the curve right now and they'll be raising rates somewhat this year. I'm, I was in the five camp. Um, but I, I think I'm, I'm less worried about inflation, actually, Becky, than I, I guess most people are, because if you look out to the five year inflation expectations, it's it's high. It's three point two percent. But that's that's not high historically. That's about in line with historical inflation going back to the 19 the 1920s. And if you look at companies like Cleveland Cliffs, for example, the big steel company, I mean, the steel price is expected to fall significantly next year. So I, I'm not I, th- I think that right now inflation, the headline inflation is a problem and it's a problem for the American people. But also, uh, I, I think that uh, that inflation is going to be dropping over the next few years. So I, I think inflation expectations are what we need to keep our focus on and not headline inflation. Does that mean that you are incredibly bullish on the market at this point? If, if that's the case, if inflation is not as big of a deal and you're looking at the economy we have right now, that, that does seem to be a pretty good reason to buy. Well, the market's down a lot. I mean, a lot of stocks are down 50 percent. You know, a lot of the high flyers that, that really great investors like James Anderson at Bailey Gifford and, and Dennis Lynch at, at, at Morgan Stanley and, and Kathy Wood, for example, at ARC, who have made their reputation on these. They're, they're mostly in half. So I think there's some opportunities there. They're not cheap. They're just, they're just cheaper than they were. But there are a lot of cheap stocks out there. I mean, Tenneco, which I own, Tenneco was just bought out at double the price. And that was four times earnings. The, 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 the buyout price was four times earnings. So when you look around, are there things in the oil patch that you're looking for, things in technology? Where, where are you kind of thinking, all right, these are some of the best places to be right now? Well, Amazon, Amazon has lagged the market for the last 18 months, and that's our biggest position. And, and we've, we've owned it forever, so that's not, a new, that's not anything new. What is new is that we, we went overweight oil uh, spring a year ago. First t- it's the first time in 35 years. And oil stocks right now are cheap and not they're not they're very cheap at, at current oil prices, but they're cheap at sixty, seventy dollars of oil. And uh, and there's a lot of a lot of capital discipline there. So we, we think that there's opportunities there and great opportunities in home building. Taylor Morrison's one of our big positions. It's under four times this year's earnings. So and they're buying back stock they have a 20 percent return on invested capital. Melody, let's talk a little bit about what you heard from the panel overall yesterday with Ukraine. How, how big of a problem does this pose? How much uncertainty does it add? And are people nervous about this when, when you talk to that group of investors? I think they were obviously very, very concerned about the country and everyone expressed their just heartfelt uh, just support for uh, the U- Ukrainian people. So first and foremost, um, I think when it comes to the markets, they felt that the biggest risk was to Europe and to a European recession potentially 
primarily because of energy prices, and that that would really, the cutting off the Russian supply could affect the European continent in a way that that could be pretty, pretty significant. So Europe was the follow-on effect to uh, Putin's advances, and that's where the greatest concern was. Beyond that, they were they were fairly optimistic about the volatility and being able to use that to their advantage in this current environment. People were leaning in to that volatility and buying on the margin lots and lots of names that they thought were were uh, being cut off at the knees for probably unfairly, just unduly punished. There was widespread consensus that the one area they were all very excited about and thought we were in early innings was travel and leisure. Across the board, the managers owned uh, stocks from, from airlines to hotels to, to casinos. There was, there was a lot of enthusiasm for that space, believing that as the world reopens, it will continue to reopen in a big way. And there's a tremendous amount of pent up demand. Bill, Norwegian Cruise Lines is one of your big holdings in that arena. Have you been adding to that additionally? Yes, uh, we th- we think the stock's around eighteen. We think it's worth fifty. So uh, yes, that w- I, I'm with. I, mean, I was one of those ones that Melody's referring to, who's who's heavy in that area. Other 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 um, stocks you like in that arena too, or is it really just Norwegian that you're focused on? No, no, uh, Delta. We, we we're big holders of Delta. Um, United is very attractive here. They actually have an interesting new strategy. And so you're adding to those right now? And the the situation in Ukraine, the no-fly zones, none of that concerns you? You think this kind of eventually gets resolved or it's just not that big of an issue with those two airlines? Well, well, I think, I mean, everything, everything that's in the headlines certainly concerns us. We're not, we're not um, naively just, just looking over the horizon here. But I, I, one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to look out those several years. And um, the, the situation in Ukraine is as sad as it is. Uh, Tom Friedman has a good piece on it this morning in the, in the New York Times. But it, it's likely to get resolved in the next, in the next year or so. The, 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 uh, the asymmetry between what Russia brings to bear and what, you, what Ukraine can do, given that the U.S. and other NATO countries are not going to intervene, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end one, one way or the other. Either Russia will take it over or, or Russia will find the pain uh, too big to bear and will try to find some negotiated settlement. Hey, Melody, if you had to just sum up the mood overall from this entire group of investors, are they net buyers or net sellers? I'd say they were net buyers. They overall were, I, I don't want to overstate anything, but certainly I think they were seeing opportunity in this market. And this is what they do. This is what value managers do. They see value where others see uh, problems. One other area that they spent a lot of time talking about, Becky, was media and just the disruption that is going on there, the continued consolidation, and some of those stocks, again, uh, selling at very low, low multiples relative to what they think are those businesses are worth over the long term. Bill, let's um, talk a little bit more about technology. You mentioned Amazon's your top holding, but you also have huge positions in uh, Meta and in Alphabet. The, those are positions you've held for a while, too. But are you buying in technology at this point? Are the things you're adding to? Or you, you think that these are growth stocks at this point that can withstand any of these pressures? Yeah, so um, I mentioned Amazon. Um, Meta is very, very cheap. <clears throat> On the enterprise value EBITDA base, it's cheaper than IBM. And Meta is actually growing. Uh, you know, the, the issue there is the capital allocation uh, to the to the, the metaverse, as, as Mark Zuckerberg says. And we're, we're not belie- necessary believers in there, but the market isn't a believer either. And so you can get it very cheaply. Um, we do have a big position in Alphabet. We have not been adding to it. We have a, a position uh, and a growing position in uh, Alibaba, which is, I think, the, the cheapest big cap 
cap stock in the world. And I think the price is there at 12 times earnings, at, at next 12 months earnings, and at a five-year low for, uh, for a company that is you know, a dominant global uh, player. We think that's very cheap as well. Hey, Bill, uh, you were early in crypto and Bitcoin. Um, we've been having lots of debates, as you know, over the past several weeks, especially as we've uh, been in this moment between the tensions between Russia and Ukraine. We've seen Bitcoin now move. Uh, we're at 43300 some odd dollars. What do you think this, this moment says or speaks to in terms of the future of crypto and what you think the price and Bitcoin should be? Uh, great. It's a great question, Andrew. Uh, I, I think that basically, if you look at Russia right now, Russia has 16% of their $640 billion of reserves in dollars. They have 32% in euros. So they have almost 50% of their reserves in currencies that are controlled by people who want to do them harm. Now, I, I think we should do them harm. But the point is, from Russia's point of view, that's not a great position to be in. They have 22% in gold, and that's the only one, only part of their reserves, which other countries can't control. So I think if you have a, if you're a, a country out there that is a non-reserve currency, there's about a hundred of them. You might think about saying, you know what? Maybe we should have something else out there that other countries cannot harm us with, and that is that is impervious to uh, to inflation or or to um, to being manufactured in greater quantities. And so I think it's I think it's very bullish for Bitcoin, particularly. The, the rest of crypto is different. I think the, I think Bitcoin is unique, and the rest of crypto should be considered as a sort of venture investments, because they're all trying to solve uh, other, other problems. Hey, hey, Bill, did I read it correctly that you now have 50% of your personal wealth in, in Bitcoin? Well, it was 50% in November. It's less than that now because Bitcoin was in the 60,000 thing. Yeah, so I, I basically, as, as you guys mentioned, I was, I've been in crypto for about 10 years, and my, my initial cost is about $200 a, a Bitcoin. I just haven't sold any. I didn't put that much in there, but I haven't sold any either. Wow. And I've actually been, I, I think there's stuff out there like the, the Bitcoin, the miners, uh, Stronghold Digital, uh, Core Scientific, uh, Riot, Marathon, all of those. I mean, we, we own a lot of Stronghold Digital, which is, a, which is all um, renewable energy for Bitcoin. And it, it trades at about four times next year's earnings. Wow. Uh, Bill, you've always been a person of long convictions and no exception with Bitcoin and with crypto. Bill, Melody, I want to thank you guys both for being here today. It's really great to see you, and uh, we hope to have you both back soon. Great, thanks. thanks for having us. Up next on Squawk Pod. Now you're speaking some truth to me. You are. No, I, no, I do. I like it. Fact-finding, truth-telling, and Elon Musk meditations, right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success 
and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Andrew has these stories next. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin. The feud between President Joe Biden and Tesla CEO Elon Musk, it does not seem to be cooling anytime soon. In an email to CNBC, Musk said, quote, nobody is watching the State of the Union. That note coming after the president failed to mention Tesla during his State of the Union, where he touted the combined $18 billion investment by Ford and GM to build electric vehicles. Musk later tweeting, Tesla's created over 50,000 U.S. jobs building electric vehicles and is investing more than double GM and Ford combined. The lack of mention by Biden leading into Musk's latest comments coming after CNBC reported on the ongoing battle between the billionaire and the commander in chief. Of course, uh, unions, the fact that Ford and GM may be unionized or are unionized may play into all of this. But I don't understand why he doesn't just praise them more. I mean, if you're going to talk about growth, I know, but if you're going to talk about growth in this country and the things that are innovative and what's really happening, there genuinely is one guy who's actually doing it. There is. And why you wouldn't just say this guy's actually doing something pretty fabulous. It's really telling. This is sort of, you know. In in all ways, in in job creation, in, in wealth creation for shareholders. I mean, are we not happy Tesla is an American company? Maybe he just doesn't like them. Maybe it's, it's a, a union. Uh, well, it's become that probably from the yeah, from the uh, some of the tweets. But it, I think it, it began with union. Um, I think it allegiance. started with the unions, but, and, I think but it's I evolved. And it's well, evolved yeah, when, now yeah. into a thing where yeah. you know. Well, he, what did he call him? An empty suit or something? I mean, he he's uh, ad hominem. Like Kleenex, I think he called him. A what? A wet Kleenex or something? Or the president? Yeah. No, that's what Elon called the president. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's not nice. No. So do you think he's going to give him shout-outs? I mean... No, if a dry Kleenex is nice. I don't know. In the last administration, you know what, though, people were if, glad they didn't get mentioned. No, but if you were the president, <laughs> the you should, you, you should, he should go fix this. He should go fix this. Why shouldn't he? You are... Now you're speaking some truth to me. You are. Now I, no, I do. I like it. I agree with you. I'm, it, I'm just saying. He should invite right. him to the White House. He should take whatever... There's whatever no way... He may get... And he should say, this there's is the no guy way, who's doing I, I think there, he's crazy, but there's no way to not cherish Elon Musk and what he's done in this country. There's just no way. That, 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 we're not even talking about space at this point. We're just talking about electric cars. There you go. Common ground. That's the pod for today. Thanks for listening, as always. And if you like what you hear on Squawk Pod, spread the word. You can tell a friend to listen. We're usually only about 30 minutes. Or tweet us your thoughts anytime at Squawk CNBC. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. On TV, that's weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Or follow Squawk Pod, this podcast, wherever you listen. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 